Are businesses getting better at defending against ransomware attacks? And fighting fraud in the airline industry? These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Anna Delaney. This week, a joint cybersecurity advisory from the US government warned businesses to beware black matter ransomware. The advisory follows just weeks after another one issued for Conti ransomware. Well, joining me to discuss this is Matthew Schwartz, executive editor of Data Breach Today and Europe. Good to see you, Matt. Hello, Anna. So, Matt, are businesses getting the message from these ransomware alerts? One would hope so, because we've certainly been seeing a lot of these types of alerts. So the one that we saw this week pertained to Black Matter ransomware, and it was a joint cybersecurity alert issued by the Cybersecurity Infrastructure and Security Agency, that's a mouthful, but CISA for short, also the FBI and the National Security Agency, all out of the US, of course. And officials have told me in the past that when these types of alerts get issued, It's not a nice to know type of thing. It's that the volume and severity of attacks have gotten so bad that the government feels that it really needs to step up and say, please pay attention. That's the good part. The downside for me is that we keep seeing very similar advice being issued by the government for years running now. Always have backups, test those backups and restoration always segment your networks, always use strong passwords, and make sure that you lock down all remote connections like remote desktop protocol, use intrusion detection, watch for lateral movement. And in the case of this black matter advisory, make sure you're using just-in-time admin access so that any administrator rights are only very temporarily granted before they're taken away again, which suggests that this is a flaw that has been getting exploited by ransomware attackers recently. And can we just expect the government to keep repeating the same warnings? Unfortunately, it seems like this is probably going to be the case until we see more businesses applying the kinds of recommendations that the government has been urging them to do. That's on the one hand. That's the intrusion response and prevention side of things. But then some of this will also be signaling that the government is focusing on the problem. And this is something that's happening not just in the United States. For example, Britain's cyber chief, Lindsay Cameron, recently described ransomware as being the online attack public enemy number one. Ransomware presents the most immediate danger to the UK, to UK businesses and to most other organisations, from FTSE 100 companies to schools, from CNI to local councils. Many organisations, but not enough, routinely plan and prepare for this threat and have confidence that their cybersecurity and contingency planning could withstand a major incident but many have no incident response plans or ever test their cyber defences. Victims will serve agency here too. So I would ask you, do you know what you do if it happened to you? Have you rehearsed it? Have you taken steps to ensure that your systems are the hardest target in your market or in your sector to compromise? And if you even contemplate paying a ransom, are you comfortable you're investing enough to stop that conversation ever happening in the first place? So Cameron just finished her first year as head of the National Cybersecurity Centre which is the public-facing arm of GCHQ, which is basically Britain's version of the National Security Agency of the United States. Unlike the NSA, in Britain, NCSC provides incident response for organizations. And so, like CISA in the States, it's relaying what it's been seeing. And like Cameron's saying, many of the businesses that are getting hit don't have incident response plans. 
they haven't thought in advance about how to respond. They haven't been testing their cyber defenses. And guess what? If you don't test them, the attackers will, and they'll probably find something to their liking. So we're seeing NCSC and others telling businesses to get with the program from a cybersecurity perspective. And this is good. Awareness is always needed. It also signals where the government will be focusing law enforcement resources, and that includes funding, as well as prioritizing investigative efforts. And so all of which suggests that eradicating ransomware simply isn't easy. I know this all sounds so motherhood and apple pie. Ransomware bad, businesses underprepared. When are they going to wake up and smell the coffee? And yet, here we are. We're hearing very similar messages. If you reverse engineer the kinds of alerts that we're getting from the government, they're saying the same thing now for years in a row. Now, we again are seeing improvements. We are seeing the likes of the NCSC saying, we know this is a problem. We are focusing our efforts on helping businesses do better. We're focusing police on attempting to disrupt this sort of thing. We have seen some disruptions of late. And also, we know there's a diplomatic effort underway by the U.S. government and allies to attempt to get Moscow to do something about cyber criminals operating from inside its borders. Of course, they'll be very careful not to target Russians, because in the past, that's helped keep them out of trouble. But obviously, the White House and others are trying to get them into some trouble and to get local authorities to do something about it. All of these efforts are underway. None of it is going to speed us to a resolution where these attacks are concerned. Unfortunately, as U.S. officials have been emphasizing recently, ransomware isn't going to go away anytime soon. So businesses really do need to knuckle down, have a good hard look at their defenses, because even if the current generation of attackers get locked up, no doubt somebody would quickly take over for them, given all of the illicit profits, sometimes tens of millions of dollars, that we're seeing attackers successfully shake down victims to get. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. News this week that MakerBot's 3D printing design site, Thingiverse, has experienced a data breach. But how big is the scope of the leak? And is the company right to downplay the incident? Here's Jeremy Kirk, Managing Editor for Security and Technology, on what we know so far. Here's an interesting data breach scenario. The leaked data could have allowed someone to hijack and possibly break 50,000 internet-connected 3D printers. Earlier this month, a large batch of data belonging to MakerBot's Thingiverse website turned up on a well-known data breach forum. MakerBot is a popular manufacturer of 3D printers, and Thingiverse is a website where you can download designs for printable objects. The 36-gigabyte MySQL database was left unprotected on the internet in an Amazon S3 bucket where somebody stumbled across it. MakerBot contends that fewer than 500 people were affected by the breach. However, a former MakerBot software engineer says the real number of people affected is closer to 2 million. TJ Horner worked at MakerBot until last year. Horner did an in-depth analysis of the data. It includes email addresses, IP addresses, usernames, physical addresses, full names, direct messages between users, and moderation logs. 
There are also unsalted SHA-1 hashes of passwords as well as bcrypt hashes. Security experts have warned that the SHA-1 hashing algorithm should not be used to handle passwords since it's relatively easy to brute force the hashes and recover the plain text passwords. Horner says the data also includes OAuth tokens that until recently could have been used to remotely access MakerBot fifth generation printers and later models. Those printers have video cameras, so Horner found it was also possible to view the printer's video feeds, including Horner's own MakerBot Method X printer. Additional mischief may have been possible. A malicious attacker could have sent an erroneous schematic to a 3D printer remotely over the internet that could have, for example, broken a printer's stepper motors. The tokens also granted access to a user's Thingiverse account with read and write access. However, those OAuth tokens have now been invalidated by MakerBot. MakerBot hasn't said a whole lot about the breach, but it's claimed that it consisted of non-production, non-sensitive information that was mostly just testing data. It also maintains that all affected users have been notified. But MakerBot's figures have been disputed not only by Horner, but also Troy Hunt, the creator of the Have I Been Pwned data breach notification service. Hunt's service has sent more than 10,000 notifications to subscribers who were affected by the Thingiverse breach. In total, Hunt says the breach exposed 225,000 unique email addresses. Many Thingiverse users aren't very pleased with how MakerBot has handled this, and nearly a week on, it still hasn't given a more fuller accounting, which these days is considered poor form. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. And finally, pandemic-induced lockdowns may have brought the travel industry to a temporary halt, but they've been no barrier to fraud. Supana Goswami, Associate Editor for ISMG Asia, spoke with Johan Valdek, Forensic Investigator at Coma Limited, about the fraud trends he's seeing in the card not present space, specifically targeting the aviation industry. The one concern that I've picked up is the fact that the fraudsters are now using the customer's real information. Prior to lockdown, you've seen, uh, you would have seen the card, card fraudsters using, yes, passport to ID, name and surname, but all the other information will be will be bogus, bogus information. You know, email addresses, contact details, billing addresses, etc. Where they are now starting to use the customer's real information, which makes it a lot more difficult to spot. Obviously, if you test certain details within the booking platform, it all comes back as positive. It's basically just the credit card information that, uh, you know, that is uh, uh, compromised and not being used without the customer's uh, custom or cardholder's consent. Then, of course, the moment the UK took South Africa off the, the red list for travel, uh, within a matter of minutes, we could see the, the foreign card start, uh, starting to flow in with the same uh, uh, modus operandi, uh, obviously, correct information being used, compromised card information. But ultimately, with the, you know, with the systems we have in place, it makes it quite easy to pick up these, uh, these forces. That's it from the ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Anna Delaney. Until next time. Mm-hmm.